Hello, and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another version of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Alexander Miller. I'll be your moderator. I am the AAD advisor to the AMA CPT editorial panel. That is the group that creates the CPT manual and modifies it every year. I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Ann Hawes, who is also an advisor with me on our CPT team for the AMA CPT editorial panel and works on your CPT manual. Dr. Haas also hails from uh, Sutter uh, Dermatology in Sacramento. She also teaches at UC Davis. Now, this is a Dialogues in Dermatology on coding updates for 2023. Fortunately, we're rather limited on updates, but there are some significant things that are coming up. And specifically, the 2023 CPT will feature a transition from the present coding paradigms to a consolidated version that will mirror that what we have already for an ENM coding. So I will invite Dr. Haas at this point to let us know what's going on and why this is important. Thanks for having me. The first thing we're going to talk about are the changes and revisions to the inpatient and facility codes and guidelines. We all remember the changes in the outpatient ENM codes that were introduced back in 2021 that emphasized medical decision making and sought to blessedly reduce the documentation burden. So, as part of the inpatient coding guidelines overhaul, the AMA deleted the observation care services, and they merged them with the initial and subsequent hospital care codes. So inpatient updates also include a revised definition for new and established patients. And they state that to distinguish between a new and established patient, professional services are those face-to-face services rendered by docs and other qualified healthcare professionals who can report ENM services. So face-to-face is key there. The AMA has also revised the levels of decision-making for some elements of inpatient care. So the acute uncomplicated illness or injury now requires hospital inpatient or observation level of care. So that's a new change. There are other revisions as well to the higher risk of complications and or morbidity of patient management. And they now include parenteral controlled substances and the revision of decision regarding hospitalization now reads decision regarding hospitalization or escalation of hospital level care. A lot of these changes are probably much easier to actually see if you're a visual person like me. And fortunately, we have an an excellent practice management service, and they have done a fabulous job of getting some of these in table form in some of the Durham coding consults 
that are on our website. And I would encourage everybody to view those. Dr. Heisen, parenthetically, the CPT also has a number of tables that are located at uh, sort of the introductory portion, page 25, 26, and onward. And these are Roman numeral pages, 25, 26, onward in the CPT manual. For 2023, it has very concise tables outlining that decision-making, the codes that are affected, and also the service locations that are affected. And speaking of service, Obviously, we have now in dermatology a burgeoning cadre of hospitalist dermatologists who are providing essential care in the hospital setting. But there are some other settings that are also affected by this code change. And if you would mention these potential settings for our audience, uh, maybe that would be helpful. That is, what beyond hospital settings is also affected by this change? The other facilities that are affected by these inpatient codes and guidelines would include nursing facilities, home settings, rest homes, domiciliary services, uh, those sorts of settings as well. And consultations. Uh, will be affected. And realizing Medicare does not recognize that, but other insurers certainly may. Uh, So we certainly have the the consultation codes um, also modified. Now going on, if we consider that we're having this happen and we have hospitalists, when is the implementation of this going to happen, Dr. Haas? The implementation of this will happen January 1st, 2023, right around the corner. And that is what happens with the CPT. Uh, The ICD manual with the diagnoses actually is enacted in October of every year, but the CPT goes into effect on January 1st of the year. That is a hard date. There's no transition. You just go from December 31st, the way it was, to the new way, celebrate the new year with the new CPT. Now, there's much else that happens in the CPT, and there are some other factors that are changing or codes that are being added in the CPT, specifically for pathology services. How will some of our brethren be affected by that, Dr. Haas? Well, for folks who are reading their own slides and our dermatopathology colleagues, there are 13 new Category 3 add-on codes. They are X0751T through X0762T. And what these codes do is they report clinical staff work and service requirements associated with digitizing glass microscope slides for primary diagnosis. There's also a new subheading called, aptly, Digital Pathology Digitization Procedures, which includes guidelines that define digital pathology and they outline the appropriate reporting of these codes. So the AMA states that digital pathology refers to systems where slides are scanned into a computer so that slides can be examined digitally rather than directly through a microscope on a glass slide. 
what the digitization will do, uh, it facilitates remote exam by pathologist or, or uh, dermatologist. So what this entails is that the physician utilizes an electronic digital image to acquire and manage and interpret pathology information that is generated from digitized glass microscopic slides. So these new add-on codes capture the work done by the staff to scan and capture the images either in real time or stored in a computer server or cloud-based digital image archival or communication system for use, and this is key, for use by the doc to perform digital examination of that captured image for pathologic diagnosis. So this is distinct from, and it's, it's not the same as direct visualization through the microscope. You can add on the X0751T through X0762T codes. They can be reported in addition to the normal pathology 883XX services when you are digitizing your glass slides. Now, the, the key is <laughs> there are some limitations to how you need to use these add-on codes. You cannot use them for archival purposes. In other words, after the pathology service has already been performed and reported. You cannot use these add-on codes for educational purposes, when, such as when the service is not used for actual individual patient reporting. You cannot use these add-on codes for developing a database for training or for using some sort of an AI algorithm. And you cannot use these add-on codes if you're doing a clinical conference presentation like tumor board or some sort of interdisciplinary conference. So this is when you are actually using these digitized images for primary diagnosis. So to, to summarize, uh, we have a lot of cannots but we have two do's, so to speak. The first do is these uh, codes are to be used and re uh, for reporting the work involved in digitizing slides that are then interpreted from the digital format. And that billing is done, part two, uh, with the appropriate attached 88302 8 through 88307. Or and or other pertinent dermatopath or pathology codes, but are not to be used for just reporting the digitization when it is done solely for that purpose and not for the purpose of producing a pathology report and then billing for it. Right. Now that was a mouthful. We'll go on to some other changes. Unfortunately, for this coming year, it is a limited number of changes, so we don't have to really retrain ourselves heavily in the uh, utilization of these codes. But we still will need to know that the various facility-based codes have been redefined um, to focus upon MDM and or time that is, or time for reporting, and that notwithstanding that, just as with outpatient procedures or reporting of ENM, it doesn't mean we don't do a history and physical. Obviously, an appropriate history and physical would still be done in every instance, 
but it simply would not uh, factor into the reporting of the service for the purpose of coding and billing. There's more that's happening, Dr. Haas. How about what else, such as AI? Well, the AMA created a whole new AI taxonomy appendix to basically define and clarify the terms that best describe AI services, how those services can be used, and how they can be differentiated within the CPT code set. And the that new appendix defines different applications of AI like expert systems and machine learning and algorithm-based medical services and procedures to try to help prove the understanding of AI and clarify how these services are to be used by physicians and other qualified health professionals. So there is an appendix that you can check if you are interested in how AI is being defined and classified by the AMA. But basically, the AI services are classified into one of three categories. They're either assistive or augmentative or autonomous. So I think this is going to be an area that we will see ongoing changes in, but it's interesting that uh, the AMA is, is really kind of coming on board with AI and really trying to, to nail down what sorts of things need to be better defined. Thank you. Now, is there anything else that will be happening in the CPT for 2023 that may be of interest to dermatology? Well, there are a couple of things that I think may be evolving, and it might be worth it to spend a couple of minutes kind of doing a little public service announcement, I guess, and talk about the social determinants of health diagnosis codes, because it seems that there has been an increased interest in these codes by both Medicare and private payers. So uh, there are uh, new diagnosis codes that talk about uh, the increase in social determinants of health. And there are a number of these. They are in the Z55 to Z65 codes. So they include things like persons with potential health hazards related to socioeconomic and psychosocial circumstances. So that could sort of include problems related to housing and economic circumstances or transportation, security, and material hardship. It's interesting that they are trying to define this, and it'll be even more interesting to see where this might fall into E&M coding some point in time in the future. The last thing I wanted to mention, because I think there is probably a place for it within dermatology, and those are the codes that include factors that influence the patient health status. So there are 15 of those codes, and they're in chapter 21 of the book, and they are Z00 to Z99. Factors influencing health status and contact with health services. These are in the ICD-10 manual. And they're sort of informational codes. They're not really to be reported as a, a principal or first listed codes as a rule. But I think that there's an example which might be worth it for dermatology for us to think about. There is a category Z79 code, which is long-term current drug therapy, 
which includes new codes for long-term current use of immunosuppressive biologics, antineoplastics, and chemotherapeutic agents. And certainly that is something that dermatology does. So for instance, an example might be we could use this code family when we're reporting a follow-up encounter, say for a patient with psoriasis who is on a biologic maintenance therapy. So what we would do is use the psoriasis code as the primary diagnosis, that's the L40.X code, plus the long-term therapy code, which would be Z79.X. And that's listed as a secondary diagnosis code. And then you follow that up, of course, with your appropriate EM encounter and procedure code based on the level of service and treatment option or whatever you did on that date of service. So I think there are a few of these that might be of interest to dermatologists and might help us better define perhaps even the work that we do in an EM visit. And certainly some of these codes can be used to justify uh, the complexity of the visit as well. Obviously, psoriasis uh, is a chronic, long-term, multi-year condition. And in addition to that code, one could report these uh, Z codes and Z79 codes. As an example, there are codes for now and for for, um, this year, now just started, as I said, October 1st, Z79.61 for long-term use of a premolast. There's another code for long-term use of adalimumab, etanercept, infliximab, cyclosporin, tacrolimus, tech, uh, calcineurin inhibitor, tofacitinib, sirolimus, azathioprine, mycophenolate. So there's quite a range of some of these that uh, will apply to dermatology. And certainly we encourage everyone to report those codes because they would reflect what is being done and what the patient is up to. And the place to find those specific codes that you just listed, a quick and cheat sheet way of finding those codes would be to go back to the October Derm World. There is a nice article that has a table of all of those codes, and it's it's such a wonderful reference. So the updates for 2023 are briefly discussed in there, but that article has some excellent tables. And everyone in our audience should keep in mind, hopefully, that all of this information about coding that we just mentioned is available on the practice management website within the aad.org website itself. Highly informative. Encourage uh, everyone to be familiar with this as it is helpful for you long-term in your um, coding travails. Well, thank you, Dr. Haas. And in conclusion, we thank everybody for listening in. We encourage all of our listeners to peruse and become familiar with the multitude of offerings on our AAD.org website. And specifically for these types of questions with coding, practice management, on the practice management portion of the AAD website that is accessible 
from the home page that one enters uh, once accessed uh, accessing the uh, upon accessing the aad.org um, site. Thank you very much, Dr. Haas. It's been very informative and a pleasure speaking. We all look forward to another edition of our coding and other updates coming to you from us, Dialogues in Dermatology. Everyone have a wonderful 2023. We hope you have enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcasts. We hope you enjoy these new options for listening to Dialogues and the increasing content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.